0: Good morning. Good morning. This is a gift and a joy for me to be with you today as a supply priest for Father Matt. I think so highly of your priest, Father Matt. I've had a couple of occasions to be with him and just a remarkable young man. You may know that today he is running in the Disney Marathon and I think that's pretty significant for a priest to do on Sunday morning, I really agree. <laughs> but good for him, right? Don't we wish we could do that? (laughs) So anyway, it's a joy to be with you. My wife, Nancy, is with me, and she's over there. And I'm a retired priest. For two years, I've been retired. I was rector of All Saints Church in Winter Park for about 11 and a half years, and I've been a priest for about 39 years. And so, you know, older priests just love to supply. So uh, it's a gift to be with you. I want to use this my text on this feast of the baptism of Jesus. This remarkable statement that we hear about the event and the experience of Jesus when he came to be baptized. Again from Matthew's text, it says this. Now when Jesus came up from the waters, immediately the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him and behold a voice from heaven that said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Well, here we are in the season of Epiphany. Seasons come and seasons go. That is true for our chronology in life. We all have a chronology. We had a, a day of birth and we have a span of years and we have an ending point. We call that our chronology. But as Christians and as baptized people, The truth of our identity is that we are unceasing spiritual beings with eternal destiny in God's full world. And Jesus was both God and man. That is the heart of our Christology, of our understanding of who Jesus is. And yet in his chronology, somewhere around his 30th year, he felt a deep leading and calling to go and to encounter the reality of John the Baptist and to be baptized, to begin his mission, his ministry. For 30 years, he had lived in the obscurity and silence of Nazareth, in the Galilee region, and yet now he enters into a new season of his life, a new part of what it means to be in this world. And he comes not only in his divinity, but in his humanity. And John the Baptist immediately says, wait a minute, I need to be baptized by you. Why are you coming to me? And Jesus said, so that we can fulfill all goodness, all righteousness. The the hope and the purpose and reality of what God is doing is dependent upon this act. And what happened? Jesus immersed himself in the human condition. This is what is remarkable about Jesus is that he immerses himself in every dimension of our life, our humanity. Because he was baptized, he is fully immersed in your humanity, in every experience of your life. It may be those moments of tremendous gladness and vitality and vibrance in life, but also in those moments of darkness and and sadness and pain and difficulty and challenge. Those are the moments as well in which Jesus is fully immersed. There's not anything about your life that Jesus has not been immersed into. What he has assumed by baptism is the fullness of the human condition. And that is the beginning. That's just the beginning of what we're learning about this day. Now the collect for this day, and I'm sure you know what a collect is. Father Matt would have taught you this, or you've known this in your other previous Episcopal churches. A collect gathers the theme, right, of the lessons for the day. and. In the Anglican tradition, we believe lex orandi, lex credende, which is the Latin phrase for what we pray, we believe. What we pray, we count on. What we pray, we put our full weight down on, right? That, you want to know what I believe? Then listen to how I pray. And listen to this prayer that we just prayed, especially these words. Father in heaven, who at the baptism of Jesus in the River Jordan proclaimed him as your beloved son number 1 proclaimed him the beloved one and number 2 anointed him with the holy spirit empowering his mission and ministry by the dynamic reality of God the holy spirit grant that all who are baptized and i'm assuming that's probably all of us here today baptized into his what his name Now the name, in biblical tradition, is simply the reality of the person. We have been baptized into the reality of Jesus. In fact, we are really baptized into a Trinitarian reality, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we have been given these gifts as well. Why? Why do we celebrate this feast day not only as the baptism of Jesus, but a reminder of our own? Because, God is inviting you and inviting me to live our lives the way that Jesus lived his. That's the Christian journey, to live your life as he would lead your life if he were you. He's not asking you to lead Jesus's life. He's asking you to lead your life as Jesus would lead it if he were you. So let's think a little bit about this two items that I want to say, well, how do you do that? I mean, how do I lead my life as Jesus would lead it if he were me? How do I live into the reality of my baptism? How do I live into the name of Jesus? How do I know that I have also been proclaimed the beloved of God? How do I also know that I have been invited into the dynamic reality of the Holy Spirit? And what difference does it make, my baptism? Well, first of all, we have to share his worldview We're told that when Jesus came out of the waters of the Jordan River, that the heavens were opened to him. Now, what he was seeing, what was there all along. And this is something which I think is so important for us to understand that Jesus had a view of the world, a view of reality that we really need to share. And that view is that this is a God bathed, God permeated world that is filled with the radiance of the presence of God and his kingdom. In other words, it's a sacramental reality, an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual reality. And so we have to live with bifocals. We're living at the intersection of, of two landscapes, the landscape of what we can see by our senses and the natural. But also we live at the landscape of the unseen which is perhaps even more substantial and real than what we can see. That's how Jesus lived his life. And he was absolutely dependent upon the reality of the Holy Spirit. In other words, here we are today. You're in church. I'm your supply priest. And we see what is happening right now as I'm preaching and in the liturgy. And we will be sharing in the Holy Eucharist in a minute. But you know that there's much more going on than we can see, right? The reality of Christ is here in his word, in the sacrament. Whenever we share in life, every aspect of our ordinary life is an intersection of these two landscapes. There's always more going on. For example, my mom, she's uh, turning 95 tomorrow. And so this past uh, Friday night, we had a birthday party for her. And my wife, Nancy created incredible conditions for the celebration to take place my twin brother came down from Virginia with his son and their family and we were gathered together and then after we had this wonderful meal Nancy had prepared this birthday cake and she put I mean I'm kidding 95 candles on this thing (laughs) and she brings this thing out and it's a blaze it's you know it's like you know a nuclear torch or something. And we bring it to my mom and we sing happy birthday. And then we say, Mom, blow them out. Now she's 95 and there's 95 candles, right? She burst into the greatest laughter I've ever seen in her entire life. Now, why do I share that story? Because not only was it a moment of great joy, but there was something deeper going on there. The other landscape, which was God's delight. God's joy in what was going on. That's how Jesus lived. We're also told that not only did the heavens open, but he was anointed by the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit came and rested upon him. What was that about? That was where he became, in many respects, through his earthly ministry, the Christ, the anointed one. It's already pre-existent son of god but here he comes to the jordan river is anointed by god jesus needed to be anointed by god and if that's true about him i think it might be true about us we need the holy spirit to empower us to live as jesus lived can't do that without him in other words what are you counting on <clears throat> human resources well they can take you so far Jesus is inviting us to count and depend upon the Holy Spirit. Every miracle, every action, every word of Jesus was spirit and life. It came from his dependency on the Spirit. So we need to trust and we need to count on the action of God, the Holy Spirit, in our lives. Then, and so beautifully, this text, a voice from heaven he was named. He was proclaimed, Beloved, I delight in you. Beloved, I delight in you. You see, Jesus also needed to hear that. He needed the assurance. And out of that experience, he began to understand who God was in a very powerful way, calling him Abba, Father. This was the Father. Speaking about his son. And do you see that is true about you and it's true about me? We are to live into our belovedness because we are in Jesus and God has spoken that over us. Remember, Jesus in the Gospel of John said, I have loved you as my Father has loved you. Wow. I love you as my Father loves you. You're beloved. And so your view of God is so essential to your experience of these two landscapes. If you see God as being disappointed in you, if you see God as somehow withdrawn from your reality and your pain and struggle, if you somehow see God as standing behind Jesus, Jesus is protecting you from this angry God. You'll never understand your belovedness. There's no God behind Jesus. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. And he calls you beloved. I'm going to close with a story. And maybe you've heard this story before. It's a story told by Brennan Manning, great Franciscan vagabond evangelist. Maybe some of you have read his work in the Ragamuffin Gospel or encountered him preach. He's no longer with us, but he tells this story. Several years ago, Ed Farrell, a priest from Detroit, went on a two-week summer vacation to Ireland to visit relatives. His one living uncle was about to celebrate his 80th birthday. On the great day, Ed and his uncle got up early, and it was before dawn. And they took a walk along the shores of Lake Killarney and stopped to watch the sunrise. They stood side by side for a full 20 minutes, And then they resumed walking. And Ed glanced at his uncle, saw that his face had broken into a broad smile. And Ed said, Uncle Seamus, you look very happy. I am. Ed asked, how come? And his uncle replied, ah, the father of Jesus is very fond of me. you honestly believe that God is fond of you that he calls you his beloved that he likes you that he delights in you that he wants to pour out the resource of his kingdom his power, his grace, his love so that you can meet the challenges of life and live as Jesus lived and to proclaim in that still small voice you are my beloved beloved Oh dear friends, what good news Jesus brings to us. Don't ever believe anything bad about God. What did that great apostle John say? In him was light and in him there is no darkness at all. There's nothing bad about God. God loves you. He's given you the resources. Receive them every day and bless him and praise him with gratitude, amen.